At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Part two of The Chosen One. Got four parts leading up to Christmas Eve. And uh, I shared with you last week in regards to this series that I was, I, I was going to share with you, especially last week and, and today, I'm going to share with you some foundation regarding the chosen one and everything that went into God's plan to redeem us. Um, sometimes I don't think that everybody understands how deep of a price that was paid, but how God had to navigate through life experiences from the time that Adam and Eve gave up the authority that God had given them. See, God gave them authority in the earth, and He never took it back. They gave it up, but He never took it back. So his plan that was actually established before the foundation of the world was to redeem mankind, to, get, to bring man back to the place that God had created for man to be in. And for that to happen, it had to go from the spiritual to the natural because what happened was in the natural realm. Their disobedience was in them eating something that they weren't supposed to eat, doing one thing that God told them not to do, and they found themselves not being able to resist it. And so, for God to come back into the earth with the same setup, He had to navigate a very strategic plan to redeem mankind, and it took 4,000 years for that to happen. You know, God... He's never in a hurry. Amen? He's never in a hurry. He said the way it was going to be when he gave the information, if you look at what he told Adam and Eve after after their disobedience and doing what they weren't supposed to do, then he told them how it was going to be. And for 4,000 years, all of humanity went through the pain of separation from God until the chosen one, was manifested. Amen? And so, I want to look in a little more detail. If you weren't here last week, it'd be very beneficial for you to listen to the Word. But I want to, um, I want to just build a little, or or, or repeat a little bit of the foundation from last week, and then uh, share some more uh, pretty extensive Uh, information that has to do with how Jesus came into the earth and how everybody in the Old Testament talked about it. Everybody from Genesis to Revelation talked about the chosen one, the one that was chosen to liberate and to deliver mankind. Um, One of the things that I, I want you to see today, and I'll repeat this a couple of times in this message, is I want you to see how far that God went to see that His promise would be fulfilled. 
how far that he would go and to what extent that he went to make sure that you and I were, were redeemed. <clears throat> and everything that was done, and we're going to look at it again today out of Matthew chapter 1, when we look at the, the lineage in Matthew chapter 1, that was the lineage of Joseph. Because what was happening was, there wasn't, God wasn't creating some spiritual thing. What was spiritual left heaven and came to the poverty of the earth to connect with us. Jesus didn't become the Son of God. He already was. He was the Word of God, you know, now Son of God. And He came here to liberate us. He didn't come to the earth to become the Son of God. He came here to be our elder brother, the Son of Man, the first of many. And what He accomplished now has empowered us to live a life in line with what He did. Amen? So, just, just a little bit of a reminder from last week. We looked at <clears throat> Genesis 1-1, and we looked at Matthew 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Matthew 1-1, and I'm going to read this out of the NIV, says, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So, the Old Testament begins with the book of the generation of the world, but the New Testament begins with the book of the generation of Him that made the world. That's what these two verses of Scripture talk about. <clears throat> In Genesis 22 and 18, we talked about, as a result of Matthew 1.1, that Jesus, the Messiah was the son of David, the son of Abraham. You know, and if you don't understand that, you think, well, how, how could Jesus be the son of David? Uh, he's the son of God. Yeah, but his lineage in the natural that we'll read here in a moment uh, was from David and Abraham. And he was the son of Abraham and David based on their faith that allowed him into the earth. And that's what we want to see. In Genesis 22 and 18, this is what God said to Abraham. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. That's just one verse of Scripture out of the whole story of Abraham being willing to offer up his only begotten son. And he did it by faith. And it empowered or enabled God. You say, well, God can do anything God wants to do. Yeah, but God didn't have authority in the earth because He gave it to man. Well, but God, listen, there's no question God can do whatever God wants to do. But God will never go against His Word. He'll never go against His Word. So, it took 4,000 years for Him to strategically find the right people that would have faith that would allow Him and His seed back in the earth. And that's what, why Abraham, that Jesus was the son of Abraham. <clears throat> in Psalm 89, we read this last week, verse 3 and 4, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David, your seed I will establish forever and build your throne, build up your throne to all generations. 
And the word selah means to think about it, meditate on that. Through David, Jesus, the son of David, through David, he would establish in the earth the authority that God had given to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve gave it away. Satan now has it in that time period. And the faith of David is what brought it back into the earth, the ability for the seed of God to manifest and then liberate all of mankind. Bring us back to the place that we we were intended to be. And that's where we're at today. So, what I want to do is, and I'm going to read this out of the NIV, I want to read the 17 verses of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. So, I want to say, I want to uh, say up front, apologize for some of the mispronunciations of some of the names. Amen? They, they just aren't a bunch of Texans. <clears throat> Amen. Verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Notice, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Mentioned his brothers, but Judah is the lineage. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Abinadad, Abinadad, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was, uh, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Notice, Notice, if you're going to read the genealogy of somebody, like we're talking about Jesus, the Son of God, you're going to not only point out about Bathsheba, but point out the fact that she was the wife and she was this and that. And, the, and, and it's like, it's as though God isn't ashamed of it. Or it wouldn't be in here. We'll go on. Solomon, the father of Reboam. Reboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jeroam. Jeroam, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Ammon, Ammon, the father of Josiah, Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile of Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, the father of Abahud, Abahud, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Elihud, Elihud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of uh, Mahan, Mahan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. 
Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. 42 generations I just read through. And, you know, I, I, I've got two other messages that don't talk about all this lineage, but as I was, as I was going through all of this, I, I just, I, I couldn't not talk about this because our deliverance is in what I just read. I mean, you know, when you first get saved and t- somebody tells you, well, you just need to read the whole Bible. When you come across these things, you just skip over all those. What the heck do we need to know anything about all those people? I don't, they don't mean nothing to me. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They're part of our deliverance. And there's something, there's things about their lives that we've got to focus on and be aware of because what the enemy tries to do is he tries to keep us from receiving the authority and the deliverance that Jesus paid for because of our mistakes. Most people can't get past their mistakes because they focus on their mistakes, because they listen to the lies of the enemy. And, and, and one of the big lies of the enemy is, well, you did that, you're disqualified. How could God use you and do something like that? Well, we're going to look at some of these choice people. Amen? So, usually when you read the genealogy, you know, the, the correct way to read genealogy is like firstborns. When you read it, well, this, this one was a firstborn, and this was a firstborn, and this was a firstborn, and this was a firstborn. But when you read the names of the people, and I'll just give you a few of them. I just did some research and found out who wasn't, right? Um, Abraham wasn't a firstborn. Uh, Jacob was not a firstborn. Judah was not a firstborn. He was a fourthborn. David was not a firstborn. He was a lastborn, right? Nathan was not a firstborn, and on and on and on and on and on. So why would the genealogy have all this sporadic bunch of people? Because it's God's will. Everybody say it's God's will. Say it again. Uh It was God's will to use these people. And what every one of these people have common is faith. Why didn't he use David's other six brothers? Man, David comes out to check out Goliath, and they're all hiding. He brought them some food. He was the keeper of the sheep. And he comes out, and they're all hiding. And what are you all hiding from? Well, the the big 10-foot dude Hmm? with all the armor and all this kind of stuff. And David internally because of his faith in God. Whatever's got to happen, this guy's defiling the armies of God. And that faith is the faith that Abraham had. But if you look at 
the early years of Abraham's life, you see a lot of stuff. Hmm? A lot of dirty laundry. And the enemy tries to use our dirty laundry against us when, when you read through this and the people that God used to prepare the way for your and my deliverance, it's amazing. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, how, why would God use people like that? It's a good thing you ask. <clears throat> so, one of the things that you, you see is, through this lineage, that Christ didn't come the way everybody thought He was going to come. Hmm? He's going to ride in on a white horse with a crown on his head. Hmm? Well, that would be the type of lineage that would be all firstborns. We're going to give it to the firstborn whether they have faith or not. No. But this was a new thing. Something new was coming to the earth. And it made all of those guys with their little crowns on their head mad as wet hornets. Mad, 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 mad. Hmm? <clears throat> But again, why did he do it this way? It was the will of God. Can you say amen? <clears throat> and 1 Corinthians one twenty eight says this, And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. God took some supposed nobodies, not firstborns, not the ones that were the best looking and the brightest and all this other stuff, but He took the, the, the least to make an input in the earth what God wanted to be manifested. And it's an example to you and I today that God can use anybody in anything that we do. I don't care who you are, even though you think you may not be the chosen one for a specific task, if you're connected to Him and you have faith in God and you're developing faith in God, you're connected to the chosen one and He chose you. He chose you to be His representative in the earth. I don't know about you, but that's a good thing to me. Amen? Amen? So, as we read through here, I, I want to make this point, and, and I, I, don't, I honestly don't know if I'm saying their names right. Uh, what's funny is, in so many of these names, there's like 15 different spellings, right? So, I'm looking at the two twin sons of Judah, uh, whose, their mother was Tamar, and, and you know, when, when, when you look the name up and you hear the, the person on the little mic tell you how to say it, I still, don't know, I still don't know what they're saying. I played it 15 times and I still don't know what they were saying. You know? But it looks like a couple of my friends from the valley named Perez. That's what it looks like. Okay? It looks like a Hispanic name, Perez. But... The way I heard it in the little microphone, it didn't sound like Perez, but that's what I'm calling him, Perez. <clears throat> Did you hear me? 
The other one doesn't sound like Perez, it's Zera, I guess. Anyway, Perez and Zera, okay? I, I, I want you to think about a couple things regarding this. If you don't know the story of how these two were born, it's a pretty dramatic story. And I don't have time to get into the whole thing. Um, but as I said, Perez and Zara, the twin sons of Judah, um, and, and in the lineage, they're both mentioned, but Perez is the line. No, and, and you notice when he mentioned Judah, he said, and his brothers, even though Judah's the line. So they're all included, but it's, it's the one that's in the line that matters, and the one that's in the line wouldn't necessarily be the chosen one. So follow with me here, because I, I want you to get this. Um, so, and, and the Bible's very clear on this. It says this. Zerah said, so there's the twin boys, and Zerah puts his hand out of the birth canal first, then pulls it back. But while the hand was out, there was a little red ribbon tied around his finger. But he pulls it back in. And um, there's something about that that's key to what had to happen. And, and I want you to get this today. What had to happen was there was God's chosen people, but God wanted the whole earth. Now, you know, <laughs> people can say today, well, you know, Israel's this and that and that. Listen, you, you don't not touch Israel because all the Jews are holy people. Hmm? That's not why. Yeah, but you know, the Jews do that. So this Jewish guy, he, he stole from me and did this thing. And I, I, they're not holy people. They have a holy covenant with a holy God. You... You don't mess with Israel. No matter whether you like that or not, you don't mess with it. I mean, the people that are Jews today are not automatically saved, but the Bible says they will be. It says they will be saved because of their covenant. At least they'll be given the opportunity to be saved. But there's a picture, remember, Abraham offering his only son, he had faith that whatever would have to happen, God called him the father of nations, and it was 25 years before Isaac was born. And in the middle of there, he helped him out and made him another son, Ishmael. And we still have problems throughout all the Middle East because of that boy Ishmael. Woo! Hmm? Didn't realize how deep that that price was to be paid in all of the world. We still have the problems today as a result of it. He was kicked out, and they're still mad. And they don't even know why. People living today, they don't know why they're mad. They don't even know the story of Ishmael. But they're mad. But anyway, Abraham had faith. He had faith that if God had to raise up his son that he would do it. 
And he took the knife and was ready. And in the moment, the sacrifice appeared at the top of a mountain where there wouldn't be a ram. Supernatural manifestation of the true sacrifice, or the sacrifice that he needed. He was willing. The angel came and said, no, not today. We just needed to have the faith because God the Father needed to have the avenue through faith into the earth. And these two boys represented the same thing. And I want to show you. So, Zerah represents the Jewish church. Okay? First hand out, pulling it back. Right? Drawing it back. Why? Because of unbelief. That's the representation, is unbelief. The Jewish church would not believe. It was prophesied through this whole example, this whole birth example, that the Jews would not believe in the Messiah. Right? But uh, Perez... Um, represented the Gentile church. That's you and I, right? He broke forth and went away from the birthright, and thus the blindness that was over the eyes of the Jews um, has been over the eyes of the Jews until all the Gentiles come in, and then all of Israel will come in. I mean, along the way, Israel's come in. Many, many Messianic Jews. But God wanted all of us to come, so this story of these two little brothers represents the Jewish church and the Gentile church. Did you hear what I said? And not only that, why would these kids be in the lineage of Jesus? Why if you don't know the story of Tamar, who was married to one of Judah's sons and then another son of Judah, and then she was waiting for the third son of Judah to grow up and be old enough for her to marry because they wanted the line there, and then she deceived him and they slept together and Judah had the child. Right? And that's in the lineage of Jesus, and there's no embarrassment. Nobody's trying to shun that. Nobody's trying to cover it up. It's in the lineage of Jesus. Can you say amen? All of that had to happen to represent what God wanted to do in the earth and His access into the earth. Can you say amen to that? Romans 11 and verse 25 says this. I'm reading it in the NIV. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And the godlessness from Jacob has to do with Judah and Tamar and the two boys. 
And what Jesus came to do was to deliver us, to liberate us, and to set us free. Can you say amen? That's what He came for. And the other piece that I want to look at, or the different ones in this lineage, are there's four women in the lineage, and I want you to hear the stellar careers that these ladies had. Rahab, a Canaanite from the cursed generation, and a harlot besides, right? And um, Ruth, not a Jew, a Moabitess, um, for in Jesus Christ, Scripture says, for in Jesus Christ there's neither Greek nor Jew, those that are strangers and foreigners are welcome in Christ into the household of faith. Everybody in here needs to say, thank God, because you're a part of that. Amen? Foreigners and strangers and Ruth and her faith is in his lineage, right? Rahab and her faith is in his lineage in spite of their stuff. Can you say amen? And the other two, Tamar and Bathsheba. Hmm? What careers? What to be known for, right? This could be huge humiliation to the line of Jesus. Huge humiliation. But God took people of faith. What did Bathsheba do? What did she do with Solomon? What's the testimony of Solomon? Nobody who ever lived or ever will live operated in the wisdom that Solomon operated in. Where did he get that wisdom from? From his mom. Hmm? He got it from his mom in her connection with God Almighty. You don't, you don't, you don't just stumble into that, right? We have no, we have no uh, reports of... of Solomon having visitations from God other than his connection with God, but his connection with God was because his parents taught him how to believe God. She's in the lineage. Why? Because of her faith. If you read the story of Tamar, (laughs) I mean, God's not embarrassed of what she did, and she did it by faith. So it'd be okay to, no, I didn't say that. But that's the best she could do. And she did it by faith, and God saw her heart. And because of all of that, because of that, and because of what David's faith represented was true repentance. David truly repented for what he did. God looked at the heart. God didn't look at the outward, but at the heart. And as a result of David's true repentance, what is true repentance? It's turning from your way. And because of the faith to do that, Jesus is labeled as the son of David. It's David's faith. It's Abraham's faith. It's Jacob's faith. It's Judah's faith. It's all of these people's faith. And today, you and I, in spite of ourselves, in spite of our mistakes, 
in spite of the problems or the issues that we've had in life. I mean, who doesn't have some ancestral issues? Huh? <laughs> right? Who doesn't? But if nobody's throwing Jesus under the bus because of his ancestors, then who are you to throw someone else's family under the bus that you know nothing about? You don't know what they've been through. You know where they've been. You know what's happened in their life. Who? Right? And I'm telling you, to get over the hump and get over the condemnation and get over this thing that we're disqualified because of our lives, it takes faith to do that, but only the Word of God can empower you to do that. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not His Word. His Word and the strength of His Word will never pass away. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> Woo! Hmm? Romans 8 and 3 says that He took upon Himself the likeness of sinful flesh. See, all of the people's faith, you know, up until Jesus' time, there were all the sacrifices that were made for the sins. So, in, in actuality, Abraham's mistakes and his sins, it was only by faith because the manifestation of the true forgiveness of that wasn't manifested yet, but his life was being used to usher it in. But today, we live on the other side of the cross and we are forgiven before we screw up. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to do right more than anything else. I want to do what's right, not I have to. Oh my gosh, I'm under all this pressure. Pressure? There's really not when you see what He did for you, and you see the extent that He went to liberating your life. I'm going to read a verse of Scripture at the end here that talks about what He did for us before the foundation of the world. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> so again, I want to leave you with these two thoughts and then I'll read this passage of Scripture. Um, when you see, I, I was, gosh, I mean, you just, you just think how much how can God love us that much? How can God love us that much in spite of us? But I was, I was looking at the story of David and Bathsheba and Uriah and, you know, the, the whole situation there. And, and I'm looking at it, um, and this is, what, this is the thought that came to me that I, that I really want to leave you with today. That... You would call what David did was literally like a crime, right? It's a crime. He murdered his right-hand man and stole his wife, but he stole his wife first and then murdered him. That's a crime. And both of them are in the lineage. David and Bathsheba are in the lineage of, of Jesus. 
But I want you to, th- I, I, I want to leave this, this thought. I'm going to read it, that passage of Scripture, but I want to leave this thought with you. <clears throat> because David repented, because he repented, his mistakes didn't hinder the manifestation of what God had promised. And you and I need to be reminded of that every single day. Wow, but Pastor, you know, when you talk like that, then you just kind of give people a license to do what they, they want to do. You're already doing what you want to do. You don't need a license to do what you want to do. You'll hide and cheat and steal and do stuff behind people's backs and all, kind, all day long. People, uh, just talking about humanity, I'm not saying you. I'm just, you know. <clears throat> I'm not saying you. I'm saying people will. People do things like that all, all day long. You don't need a license to do what you want to do. You're already doing what you want to do. God's empowering you to do what He wants. And when you realize He's used people like He's used in this lineage to liberate your life, how much more do we want to do things that are pleasing to Him and live our life to please Him? Can you say amen? But what David did, what David did did not hinder the promise of God from manifesting. Your actions are not powerful enough to hinder the promise of God. Whether the promise manifests in us or not is determined on whether we do what David did, and that is truly repent. It has to happen. But you'll never truly repent if you don't know you're forgiven. And you don't know the depth of the love that God has for your life. God so loved that He gave the best of heaven. He so loved that He gave. He so loved that He gave for you and liberated your life. And the more you understand that, the more you're able to accept and receive and live a life of repentance by choice, not by being forced to. If somebody gives you enough books to read on repentance, maybe you'll repent. No, you won't. You'll burn the books. You'll get tired of reading those things, right? You have to learn how to repent and turn from your ways because of how much God loves you and how much He has delivered you and the extent that He's gone to to liberate your life. Hmm. So again, I'm reminding you of this before I read this verse. We're seeing from all this, all the lineage, how far that God would go to see His promises fulfilled for His people. There's no end. He'll move heaven and earth to move on your behalf. Can you say amen? Amen. Ephesians 1, verse 3 through 5, I'll end with this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, who is the chosen one. Just as He chose you in Him, when? Before the foundation of the world. He chose you in the chosen one before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him 
in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. It was His good pleasure that you and I be redeemed. He predestined us as adoption as children. When? Before the foundation of the world. This plan of redemption was set up before Adam and Eve missed it in the garden. Before they gave up the authority in the garden, this plan was already set up. God loved us so much and then spent 4,000 years making sure that that plan came together. And the people that are a part of his lineage are the people of faith. One day I had somebody just made this comment to me. He said, well, they they asked me, "Do, do you you take these tests to make sure that you don't have any, it was a certain physical ailment or problem that I could have in my, my body as the older I get. And they said, has any of your family ever had that? And I said, yeah, several of my family. Oh, and you, you've got you to do all these tests to make sure that, you know, that, that's part of your lineage. And I said, yeah, that's part of that lineage. <laughs> but I'm connected to this other lineage. (laughs) I'm connected to him. So, for many years, because somebody taught me this early on, for many, many years, I've declared that anything from my other lineage, my natural lineage that I came from, anything that's there that could affect me in a negative way, it's severed because of my lineage with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Liberated me, delivered me. See, we have to see ourselves as part of that lineage. And along the way, the people that passed the test for the lineage of Jesus through Joseph were the people of faith. People of faith. Not the firstborns. Not the people that had it all right in their life. I don't know anybody. Any, I, nobody would qualify today that I know. Not the perfect ones. The people of faith. Today, in the world that you and I live in, never before in the history of the world have we needed to be the church, be people of faith that trust God no matter what. You've been chosen. You've been forgiven. You've been delivered. You've been set free, right? You are a chosen one. And the way you and I have been chosen, the way we've been chosen, We want others that don't feel like they're chosen to feel that chosen effect. Can you say amen? Amen. We are chosen because the chosen one chose us. Receive it today in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.